You are a sinner. I am a sinner. Every human being sins. Here's a thought on sin from Pastor Al Pittman. Sometimes we as Christians, we miss the mark. John said, listen, you don't have to sin, but if any of you do sin, remember you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ. And sometimes Christians get stuck on stupid. Amen. We sin. And he says, you know what? You need to confess that to one another that you might be healed. Now, first we confess it to God, obviously. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Amen. God forgives. Jesus is our advocate with the Father. We don't have to stay in that place. If you're in that place right now and the devil says, oh, just stay here, you can just give. No, confess it and move on. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Thank you for joining us today for The Dwelling Place. Today marks the end of a profitable journey through James. In just a moment, we'll meet up with Pastor Al Pittman in Chapter 5, and we'll focus on the last several verses. We could sum this section of Scripture up with one word, restoration. When we wander away from the truth, the Lord's deep desire is to restore us. Maybe you've strayed a bit? Well, today can be your day to get back on the right path. Here's Pastor Al. James is just pointing out the fact that when God lifts you up, it's total incomplete. He raises you up. It's complete restoration. Complete restoration in him. There's no inquisition. Well, pastor, I'm weak. I'm going to do something. Well, I, I told you you shouldn't let that guy move in with you. Probably not what they need to hear right now. They know they made a mistake. Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, Ryan, how'd you get there? Well, I did some things. and I. And well, well you, you should have been at prayer meeting. You know, that's not what they need to hear right now. When the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus didn't set forth an inquisition to say, how'd you get in this position? He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's what you do for the weak and the weary. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So, the first supplement is hope. The second one is support. The second supplement that James gives us here for a healthy church is confession. Verses 16 to 18, he says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he, he prayed earnestly that it, would be, that it would not rain, and it did not rain for, on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heavens and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So he says, you know, confess your faults to one another and, and, and uh, that you might be healed. And he, then, he, then he jumps into the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confession. Confession. Confess your sins to one another. Your, your trespasses, your sins, could be translated, uh, comes from the Greek word harmatia which means to miss the mark or to err. We have missed the mark. We have sinned against God. And sometimes we as Christians, we miss the mark. John said, listen, you don't have to sin, but if any of you do sin, 1 John chapter 2, remember you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ. And sometimes Christians get stuck on stupid, amen. And we, and we, we, we sin. 
And he says, you know what? You need to confess that to one another that you might be healed. Now, first we confess it to God, obviously. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Amen. God forgives. Jesus is our advocate with the Father. We don't have to stay in that place. If you're in that place right now and the devil says, oh, just stay here, you can just give. No, confess it and move on. Amen. God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. But it's, it's healthy for us as believers to confess to one another. I hear it sometimes. It's not because of me. It's just kind of part of who I am. But, you know, sometimes I'll tell you about my faults. I'll tell you I've had a tough week. I'll tell you it's been tough. I'll tell you there's times when I've doubted God's word. And, what, and you just don't hear preachers saying that a lot of times. But I want people to know that I'm just like you. Amen. And that I haven't arrived. And I don't mean that you, you know, use, your, you know, your, your sin and, and, you know, it's not about, you know, hanging out your dirty laundry or, or getting people to feel sorry for you. It's not any of that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, it's letting people know because I've sat in those seats. I've sat under many pastors. And I've sat under some really good ones. And I've sat under some who, who weren't so good. And I remember as a young Christian to be frustrated, I'd be, I'd be frustrated because I was struggling with a lot of stuff. And the pastor always seemed to be perfect. And I thought, that man can't relate to anything I'm going through. And a lot of times they would present themselves that way. And I, I wanted to go talk to somebody. But man, you know, I thought if I went and talked to him, man, lightning would strike me down or something, you know. And so, you know, I, I, I say those things because I know that somebody sitting out there like Al Pittman. It's going, man, I, I probably shouldn't be here this morning. But I want you to know God loves you. Amen. That his grace is sufficient for you. And that you're going to make it. Amen. So be strong in the Lord. And so when you hear another brother confessing, when you go to a men's group and you hear guys saying, hey, guys, I've struggled with pornography. <gasps> Should he be here? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not making, making light of sin. I'm just saying. You know what that should do? It should say, hey, you know, what normally happens is you got two or three other guys sitting there going, yeah, me too. And it brings it out, see. Or someone coming to church. This blows people's mind, believers who are struggling with same-sex attraction. Confessing your fault, I'm struggling with it. We all struggle with something, pride or whatever it is. Man, I blew up at my wife the other day. I asked her for forgiveness. Man, I just have a hard time with it. Confess that to a brother. Confess your trespasses, your faults. You missed the mark, your harmatia to one another that you might be healed. And that's really the first benefit. There's three benefits of confession that I want to go over with you. One is that you might be healed. Confession brings healing to the confessor. Confession brings healing to the confessor. That you may be healed, James says. That word healed simply means cured. And one of the reasons you're cured is because now there's accountability in your life. Amen. There's accountability. Here's a second benefit to, uh, for confession. Confession sanitizes the church. Amen. When we're walking around and we're living these secret lives and we're living in secret sin, we think we're getting away with it. We think, well, nobody knows about it. The problem is God knows about it. And the problem is, is that we, it, it has an impact on the church. Maybe we can't see it, but it does. That's why it's so important for us to confess our sin. Didn't say you're going to be perfect, or, you know, and not struggle with things, but you need to confess it, being upfront and honest with God. Confess that sin to the, to, before, before the Lord. Bring it out into the light. By exposing sin to the light, Ephesians 5, verses 11 to 13 tells us, that which is, makes manifest is light, and light purifies, does it not? Purifying effect. 
light has. And so does the light of God's word and his truth. And when we bring things out into light, it, it cleanses the church. The third benefit for confession is confession is the opposite of isolationism. It promotes community. Confession promotes community. Probably wouldn't have better, been a better way to put it as my third point. But it, 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 it's the opposite of isolationism. The devil preys on the weak and on the isolated. Let me tell you, have no doubt about it. The devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you're isolating yourself and you're weak in the Lord, the devil's going to eat your lunch. Always think about that National Geographic program where those lions are chasing those deer or wildebeest or whatever they are. And there's about three of them, and boy, they have a strategy. And they get around, and they circle. And it's always at one, and you can scream as loud as you want to at the TV for it to get back to the herd, get back to the herd. You're like, man, don't do that. And there it goes wandering off. <laughs> you know, no, 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 keep up with her, you know. And there's those lions, man, they come circling around. And lo and behold, the inevitable happens. My friend, we laugh at that, but that's exactly what the devil does. You isolate yourself. You say you get mad at God or you're going through a bad time. You stay at home. You, you close the door. You listen to the music from 1960s and 70s and, you know, baby, come back. <laughs> or whatever. Whatever it is. I can't sing this morning. My throat is too, too, too swollen up. But you sing, you know, these sad songs and stuff and, you know, by yourself you know, don't do, don't do that. Don't isolate yourself. Get out and fellowship with other believers. Amen. Be a part of the body of Christ. Or you're weak and you're going through a difficult time and then you isolate. That's our tendency. We get weak or we're struggling. We isolate ourselves and we feel sorry for ourselves and the devil's just circling. I'm ready to take a big chunk out of your life. I encourage you to, to not isolate yourself. I think the words of Proverbs 18 verse 1 it says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire he rages against all wise judgment and that's what isolationism does for you it it, it makes it elevates your opinion you think your opinion is the most important in the room and 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 it, it minimizes the word of god you rage against all wise counsel all wise judgment don't isolate yourself join a life group a little shameless plug for life groups you get into a life group, man. They say, well, I don't want to go to a life group. Or I went to one. I didn't like it. Man, force yourself. It's unnatural for us to have community today. We live in a society that's so disconnected. It, I don't know where it's going. People don't talk to each other. You don't know your neighbors. You know, you hide to people. I mean, they don't talk to you. I mean, it's, it's strange. It's weird. People are so disconnected. And yet, there's a hunger that people have for community. They hunger for what you have right now, this morning. To actually know somebody else, to smile at somebody, to hug somebody, to have somebody pray with me. Wow. And, and Norman and I, again, I, I've told you this before, but in, we're in restaurants and stuff, and, and we'll, we'll ask. I've never had a waitress or a waiter yet, a wait person, politically correct. Um, when we ask them, can we pray for you while we pray for our meal? I've never had anybody say no. Everybody. Saint, sinner, doesn't matter who they are. Straight, gay, it doesn't matter. They always have something to pray about. And they appreciate that. And you can pray for them, pray for salvation, whatever, you know, while they're out serving other tables. Pastor Al will be back in a moment with the conclusion of today's message in James chapter 5. 
On behalf of Pastor Al, I would like to ask you to consider becoming a financial partner with us. Your consistent financial support enables us to keep this radio ministry moving forward. To make a one-time donation or to become a monthly supporter, just go to cwccs.org or text the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. And on behalf of Pastor Al, thanks for your support, both through donation and through prayer. Now with the conclusion of today's message, titled, Body of Health, here's our teacher, Pastor Al Pittman. Now, having said that, uh, the reason why many of us are reluctant to confess our sins to one another is because people would rather talk about you than pray about you. Now, that's the reason. I, I, I understand that. I understand that. But, but don't let that keep you from being like Jesus. Don't let that keep you from being the body of Christ. But, but James says here, a truly righteous person will pray for you, will fervently pray for you. They will they look out for your goodwill, and they will pray for you. That word fervent is, is the Greek word, ernegeo, and it means, uh, it's where we get our word energy, and it means to be active or efficient. You want somebody with energy, somebody who's not just going to say or give, give, you know, have a sentiment, say, oh, I'm going to pray for you, and they never do, but someone who's really going to pray for you fervently. And then he gives as a, a, an example of godly prayer, he talks about Elijah, who prayed at one point, and it's, the story is in First uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 1, or First Kings chapter 18, 17, verse 1, and then First Kings chapter 18, verse 1, um, where he prayed and the rain ceased over the land. There was no rain and there was a tremendous drought and famine. And then he prayed again sometime later and the heavens opened up and there was, there was fruitfulness in the land once again. And, and, and I thought about that in the sense of, you know, man, we need fervent prayer warriors in the church today. People who are righteous, who know how to pray. Amen. And that will pray for you in time of famine to fruitfulness. I, you know, people, you know, you know nobody's around when you're in famine. Everybody come around when you're fruitful. Hey, hey, you know, won the lottery. Hey, brother, how you doing? But I need somebody who loves me enough to pray for me in famine to fruitfulness. Amen. To stand with me through the hard times. Amen. The prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, avails much. The last supplement we find here is correction. Verses 19 and 20 quickly here. Uh, he says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and he's talking about believers here, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way, because that's all we are, sinners saved by grace, from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's talking about correction. He's not talking about, you know, see something, say something. See something, call the church. Hey, I saw Brother So-and-So down at the club last night. What were you doing there? <laughs> but I saw Brother So-and-So coming out of the club, and, you know, and uh, you, you probably need to give him. No. Don't see something, say something. See something, do something. If you, in other words, if you feel, see a brother or sister that has wandered from the truth, man, then reach out to them. Don't call the church and, and, and uh, or bring them down here and drop them off on the doorstep and speed up, you know. But you reach out to them. Bob Simons is here. Uh, he's one of our missionaries. He and his wife, Esperanza, are here. I'll never forget this, and I say, probably say it every time Bob comes around. He probably gets sick of me saying it. 
But it's those little things that people do for you that you remember. And um, one time I was going through a very difficult time. This was like, I don't know, early 80s, long time ago. Yeah, somebody, yeah, it's a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, where's my walker so I can get out of here? Um, <laughs> and uh, I was going through a very difficult time. It was tough. Don't need to go into details, but it was, it was one of those times where, you know what, I could have done the wrong thing, and if I had it, I wouldn't be sitting here, standing here today. Could have done something really foolish. And old Bob showed up at my house. He just knocked on the door. Opened the door. There's Bob standing there. Hey, man, how you doing? Just wanted to see if there's anything I can do for you. Of course, you know, I got, you know, the whole, you do the more macho thing. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for coming by. You know, but that was, that was to me at the time, as I look back now, didn't fully understand it then, that was a lifeline to me that he was throwing to me, saying, I care about you. When you talk about correction, sometimes you think, well, you know, I used the word correction. James didn't use it. I used it. But we think about, oh, I got to go over there and we got to get him into the church and then meet with Pastor Al and chew him out or you know, um, you know, we've got to, you know, to do the inquisition and, you know, straighten them out. No, sometimes correction is just reaching out to somebody in love so that they can see that somebody still cares. It's just as simple as that. They don't need an inquisition. They don't need, well, I mean, how'd you get in this position? You know, not, none of that. Just reaching out to someone in love can make a world of difference. We should reach out to the fallen. If you see a brother who, or sister who's strayed from the truth, man, reach out to them. Just, just, just a phone call, maybe a knock on the door. You know, just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And I come over here and ask you how you got in this situation. Just want you to know that I love you and Jesus loves you. God loves you. And he says you will save his or her soul. That word soul is from the Greek word suke, and it means spirit. You will save the spirit from death. Now, death, spiritually speaking, because indeed when we get away from God, inside we die. We don't lose our salvation, but there's, a, there's like, you know, you feel like death, you know, inside. Uh, David expressed that in Psalm 32 when he said, you know what? Uh, when I didn't confess my sin to God, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But then I confessed my sin and he forgave the iniquity of my sin. Man, when we hold that stuff in and, and, and when we've wandered from the truth, you know, our vitality, spiritual vitality, returns to the drought of summer. That's like a death. But it also can imply literal death. And there are some believers who have flaunted with sin to the point where God took them home. There are believers who have flaunted with sin and played with God, mocked God, and God took them home. I know of examples that I've seen in my own, in my own life and uh, of believers. I didn't say they lost their salvation. God just, he just you're, you're done. So we could, it could speak, he's speaking here literally or spiritually speaking, they can die. But restoration covers rather than condemns. And if you bring them back into the fold, man, you keep them from being stuck on stupid out there 
in their sin. They come back into the fold. Man, you just embrace them like the prodigal son. And love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. God loved the, un- the unlovable. And then he calls us as the body of Christ to do the same. Not cut them off, not write them off, but to love them. You can't chase everybody down. I get that. Hey, they moved to California. I can't go over and knock on their door, but, you know, pray for them. Or when you see them, sometimes people have left this church and they've come back. Hey, Pastor, I can tell they're kind of sheepers. Hey, I know where you've been. I'm not going to say, I know where you've been. And I just go over sometimes, just big old hug. Hey, good to see you. Yeah, and they start explaining what, why they haven't been around. Well, see, what it was, was, I mean, no, hey, I'm just glad to see you. In the story. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, I'm almost wrapping it up here. It says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. And let me tell you, I met some people who've been, call themselves spiritual, some of the most legalistic, condemning people I've ever met in my life. But the truly spiritual among us, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. When I hear of a pastor that's fallen, or I hear of a brother or sister that's fallen, whatever, I say to myself, but by the grace of God, so go I. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Correction is about bearing each other's burdens, not condemning one another. Loving one another. Conclusion is that perfect churches do not exist, but healthy ones do. And in every healthy church, you will find these supplements, hope, support. You will find confession and you will find correction within that church. Loving correction. So this week, I would challenge you to let healing begin with you. Let health begin with you by loving others, by instilling hope in others by lovingly correcting by by confessing your own faults you haven't arrived either by supporting one another be an agent of health rather than that of harm in your home your vocation your school and yes even in this church body may this be a body of health to the glory of god this has been the dwelling place Featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages and our current series in the Book of Acts with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al with you wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy the Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of The Dwelling Place? We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. 
If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and join us next time for another study in the book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado.